Welcome to Go Additive, where your hosts combine their real-world professional 3D printing experience to deliver valuable opinions that will help you peer behind the curtain of the additive industry. And now, Go Engineer's own Tyler Reed and Tate Brown. Hey, hey. Yo. 4.30 on a Friday afternoon. We're going to make this quick. We're doing it. We are going to make this ultra quick. Yeah. Um, we got a lot turn your mic on, Tate. Turn your mic on. There you go. Hello? It's been a few weeks. Out of practice. <laughs> so it sounded like I was just talking to myself there for a few seconds. <laughs> That's okay. pretty typical. Yeah, it is typical. No worries. So how you been? Oh, you know, pretty well. Pretty well. No complaints. It's Any, just, have that's you a, done anything? Dude, it's a terrible way of answering that question, isn't it's it? It's so bad. I know. It's your typical like, hey, uh, life's good. You know, yeah. living the dream. It's the most autopilot question, one, to ask. Okay. And two, to answer. Shame on me then. In fact, but the problem is if you... If you truly answer that question, people don't want to hear the answer. Do you think that's true? Ooh. How have you been? I'm not about to tell you. Yeah, you're not. You have to give just, we need to uh, just say hello. 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 Did you know Thomas Edison created the word hello? This was the, he standardized the salutation for the cell, for the telephone, Right. Yeah, but it pretty much, he he created the word as a greeting. Salutations. It, it wasn't a greeting. You know, it wasn't even really a word. Hello? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. I, I am, you know, I'm sad that the work week is ending. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said, you know, I'm just trying to give you the most truthful answer. Imagine. Really? Yeah. Wow. What's, uh. What's got you wanting to work into the weekend? <laughs> I don't know. I just love 3D printing so much. Wow. I actually do. Not like you. No, I, I, I'm kidding. I, uh, well, all right. That's out of the way. Enough about us. Yeah. Let's talk about what's been going on. You okay. learned something. I learned something. You just told me Ricky Fowler's not the only person in golf using additive manufacturing. Apparently, apparently so. There's a man by the name of Bryson DeChambeauni. <laughs> you knew that was wrong. <laughs> you knew that was wrong. DeChambeau. DeChambeau. So m my knowledge of athletes um, within the past 15 years is mm, minimal. I just have to admit that right now. If you want to talk about athletes from 2005 and earlier, I'm, I'm all about it. I probably know as much as anyone else. Bryce That's still alive. Has been a hot topic in golf lately because he is constantly pushing the boundaries of the technology. So golf has really? gotten pretty high tech, yeah. And okay, so he has a reputation for being on the cutting edge technology wise. Yes, so I'm a casual golf watcher, played high school golf. Yep. And uh, 
I, I still watch it from time to time. So what he's been doing this last little while, something that's become popular way after my high school days, but here just in recent years, are these portable devices that measure club head speed. Um, and they can basically tell you how far the ball went just from the range. So you could go hit balls at the range. It's got a high-speed camera or something, some sort of Does sensory. it sit behind the ball on the ground? It sits on the other side of the ball and you. So the ball sits between you and this camera. Oh, okay. So it's, it's facing you. I'm calling it you. a camera, and I'm not really sure what sure. it is. But it's a data logger. Okay. And it's picking up uh, club speed and yeah. like angle and things like that? Yep. Wow. And so with that technology, you're able to get a lot more repetitions in uh-huh. in golf and make those minute adjustments. He uses the heck out of those. And he's basically, he probably hits his eight iron like what the average Joe can hit. I bet he can hit his eight iron further than actually the average Joe can hit their driver. Wow. Which for probably an average Joe, an eight wow. iron goes 108 iron. 35 to 150 yards Yeah, for an average golfer. Yeah. And he can hit them. I think I saw a video where he hit an eight iron like 300 yards. I had read that that part of his game is great, but his short game sucks. I think he's an okay putter. It's He's not notoriously bad, but when you're talking about a guy who's driving par fours that were previously unreachable. Yeah. So you only have like two components to your game at that point, right? He's happy Gilmore. Yeah. Okay. He's essentially happy Gilmore, um, but not as likable. Has he won a major? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he has. He He's a good golfer, and he caused controversy in the sport because he's basically shortening these courses yeah. by his extreme length. Yeah. So other golfers are getting riled up about it, like, ah, he doesn't play the game traditional, you know, whatever. He's too good. Well, <laughs> and he's kind of eccentric you know in in post golf interviews or pre golf interviews he was noted saying like this is a par you know par is typically around 72 he'll Mm -hmm. say like this this is a par 68 course for me so he'll basically say like cocky yeah i should be hitting 68 as and playing under par is what he's trying to do but 68 is his part and so he's stirred up a lot of haters i'm liking this guy yeah so He's controversial. He plays with, um, he he uses a longer shaft on his driver. In fact, the PGA just came out with a rule to um, set a max length on driver shafts. Really? I was always wondering, like, why wouldn't people just put a driver head, like, on the ball retriever? (laughs) I've seen, so my buddy went someplace where there was, like, a 20-foot driver with a normal driver head on it. Super flexible, right? It's like a noodle at that point. Yeah. But trying to hit a ball off the tee, <laughs> if you can hit it, it goes forever. But <laughs> anyway, so Bryson, he's also been noted to, he's one of his major sponsors is Cobra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's who's doing the 3D printed irons. Right. And and after like, say, a NASCAR race, who are they thinking? Oh man, Goodyear tires came through for right, me. You know, right. couldn't have done this without my DuPont team. DuPont has nothing to do. You know, they're making paints yeah. and chemicals, whatever. But they think they're sponsors. They think the people, they do right. not want to lose sponsorship. So they're making sure they get all the taglines in there. Golfers luckily only have a couple sponsors to so have far. to plug. 
Yeah, for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll come in after a tournament and be like, you know, Cobra can't get my driver right. Co- <laughs> Cobra, we've been working for weeks to try and dial this in, and they can't get it right. And he will straight up blast his his I sponsors. Love it. I love it. He's risky. Anyway, it, it it ties in perfectly with the with the conversation we were just having about the greeting. Like people just expect, you know, a certain type of behavior, and it's kind of unnerving when someone steps outside that behavior and actually just tells the truth. Well, here's why it's controversial, though. It's his truth, and he's hitting the ball better than less than 1% of yeah. even professional golfers hit it. Yeah. So he's doing things with a club that's never been done before and to like blame mm-hmm. your manufacturers. <laughs> I love it. Like, I love come it. on. I, you would like it. So anyway, tell us about <laughs> what he's doing right now. So apparently he's pushed them into uh, 3D he's printing. Pushed. <laughs> he's pushed, pushed them. them into doing more 3D printed irons. So the article that I found, which was based on a YouTube video, that he put up, and maybe you can find this YouTube video. Um, he's he's hitting the field with these 3D printed irons. Um, according to the article, he was already using a, a, a printed five iron and a six iron, but the idea is that it, the iron itself is customized to the player and in theory could be customized to the player for the course, right? Mm-hmm. Because you wow. can iterate um, so rapidly. I added that last part in, but it's totally true because players are going to change their style a little bit based on the course. It's not always you just want to hit as far as possible, right? He does. Well, sure. But maybe because his short game sucks so bad, maybe it would be better if he pulled his drive back a little bit. Okay, so here's here's a perfect <clears throat> representation of DeChambeau. Okay. Uh, DeChambeau has tested Cobra's unreleased 3D printed irons and said he's going to be putting them right in the bag after a tweak to the lofts. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, they're pretty good, but they're not quite good enough. He's just a geek, yeah. and he's a numbers guy, and people it drives people crazy. Yeah. You've got to watch some stuff on this guy. He he, admittedly bugs the heck out of me. Uh-huh. He, he wears one of those hats. The flippy hat? That nobody should wear. Unless you're like an old guy from like, like a Jim Furyk hat or no the old style golfer hat like a Scottish golfer hat yeah I don't even know what those are called See oh that yeah thing? they're gross yeah what's up with I that? used to wear those all the time going back to like 2007 2008 he just doesn't have the cool factor I like him <sighs> anyway that's that's <laughs> here nor there he's no Tiger Woods he's no Phil Mickelson but remember they used to say the same thing about Tiger right like he's hitting too far. He's uh, he's not playing the course right. But everybody plays that long. Not everybody. There's a lot of long hitters that can play in that range nowadays. Yeah. Bryson's taking it to another level. Like he's cutting corners on par fives. He can drive the green on some par fives. It's insane. So what's he driving, like 350? Uh, no. He ent- Okay, so here's another thing. Have you seen these long drive competitions? Oh, yeah. Those guys are insane. Yeah, they're all ripped. They're huge dudes. They look yeah. like Olympic weightlifters. Yeah. They're smacking the ball. They look like shot put guys. Anywhere from 400 to like probably 450, depending on altitude. Mm-hmm. Bryson, I think, took eighth place in the most recent long drive So he competes in those too. He's that, he hits it that long. Like these guys are wow. freaks to the point where 
they may or may not be great golfers at all, they, but they can absolutely specialize in the driver right. and smoke it. I think people see those and they expect they are not good golfers. Like they Some have a very specialized skill. Some of them are decent at golf. Wow. But anyway, so there you have it's, it. That's, it's cool that's to, Bryson in a nutshell. It's cool to see it. You know, it's still not hitting the consumer level here, but it's, it, it will it's more though. mainstream. It will though, because think about it. Uh, well, if I'm understanding what you're talking about, right? Like the technology is trickling into golf more and more. At, it's very highly competitive, right? Like these guys are competing yeah. in the top tournaments for million dollar purses. It's as competitive as something like F1. Sure. And and the stakes are high in terms of money. So the 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 financial incentive is there. And, you know, it it has to hit that it has to hit that point. The technology will trickle down from there. Yeah. And I think as people like him start using 3D printing in this way, technology, we see it with cars, especially technology trickles down, right? Like take, for example, Porsche or mm -hmm, Porsche, mm -hmm. their technology trickles down to, to Volkswagen yeah, and so on and so forth. It actually goes to Audi first, then Volkswagen, right? So as these automakers push out their best, it trickles down. Poor, La poor Lamborghini is on its own. They can't trickle it anywhere. <laughs> they have to put all the best stuff in theirs. Yeah, so this stuff is, I think it's really cool. It sounds like he's basically, he's prototyping. He's playing with prototypes. Yeah. And as they are probably tweaked and they find out what works, maybe we'll see some production models out of there. Well, I think we'll just see more and more of this. And, and more highly customized too. Player, to the player, for the course, maybe even for the weather. I wonder what machine they're using. That's a good question. And that's that's a question I'd like to ask on all of these. It's, it's gonna be powder bed fusion, for sure. It's gonna be laser sintering. To get that density? Yeah. I mean, the and, parts- And accuracy that I can see, I mean, they they are very protective about this because there's some in, photos of it and it's blurred out. It's blurred out in the YouTube video. It's blurred out. But I I would bet, uh, I don't know, my car. <laughs> really? I was gonna say my life, but. You're gonna put the old <laughs> Chevy Bolt up, huh? No, the other one. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I think for sure it has to be laser centered. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty exciting news. You know, we don't have any specifics on it, but just it's cool. The fact that it's being used by the upper echelon people in golf. Yeah. And I agree. we have other news in terms of consumer products. Yeah. So Smith Optics is a company that re released and is uh, has a um, commercially available ski goggle or snowboarding goggle, whatever you'd like, a snow goggle. That is 3D printed. The frame is 3D printed. And you can go to Smith Optics website right now and order it for $450. And it is mass customized to your face. How do they do it? So this that's a good question because we we've we talk about mass customization quite a bit. And there's a few technological hurdles to make that reality. And anytime it the, the ask was make it customized to my body, 
the ergonomics. It involved a scan of some sort, and mm -hmm. that was a deal breaker in a lot of ways. But the cell phone cameras are getting good enough, and, and the software running these cameras are getting good enough that you can actually take 3D scans from your cell phone through an app. So part of the buying process of this goggle is you download the app, you point it at your face, it scans your face, that gets uploaded to Smith, some ones and zeros. And then they sell your facial up. data. Yeah, it probably, probably is. Um, and then I think the lead time is like two weeks. So they're making it legit. Yeah. All right. So this is the buyer of the IO mag. IO has kind of been their premier goggle. Okay. And so now they're calling this one the IO mag imprint. IO mag imprint. Imprint. Yes. Says they start by selecting a strap. So you, you choose your strap, which probably isn't 3D printed, right? Correct. Two interchangeable lenses. They won't be 3D printed. Yep. Once the order's been placed, they receive a unique code along with instructions for downloading the app. And then using that app, like you said, you can perform a 3D scan of your face. Yep. It's probably like a Snapchat type scanner. Something like that. Wow. That's amazing, huh? It's, that, and that's such a critical part of this actually uh, that, that enables this product because that is such a huge hurdle. Like, how are you going to get the data to customize this? So they get the data and then they print a custom frame. The benefits of the custom frame beyond just it looks cool because it's all latticed. So it prevents air leaks and light leaks uh, on off the rack models and the strap can be kept considerably looser because okay. it fits tighter your face. You that don't have sense. to strap it down as tight. That makes sense. And it has fewer overall pressure points because of that. So that's kind of cool. And they can use a thinner cushion too. So the fit should be better. The performance should be better. Less foam waste. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it makes sense. This is actually a good use case for 3D printing. And they've also claimed a wider field of view because the goggle doesn't have to stand off your face yeah. potentially as far. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a solid use case and it's a consumer product. And for 450, I feel like I I think I've paid close to 300 if not yeah. 300 for a pair These of goggles. These goggles are expensive. But they're not that much more expensive. Like for a premium pair of goggles, that's probably a small percentage yeah, higher. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the goggles are already pair. expensive. Yeah. 2 to 300. These are 450. So you're paying, you know, probably a 30 to 50% premium for it. But skiing and snowboarding is already, it's already an expensive sport. And I think people budget for gear every year anyway. So if it's, if it's <laughs> a year, me. if it's a year that you're not, I know, but a lot of people still do. running in that old dude, I've got that vintage eighties gear, the onesie. No, you don't. Gaper day. No, you don't. Gaper day every day. No, I know. I've got like the fluorescent, like pink. And it's a green, onesie? blue, white. It's a multitude of colors. Onesie, single zip. Like an early elastic 90s. Waistband. Like a 90s color. Colorway. I, I don't actually have this. I'm just describing oh, my dream suit. Dude, I, I wanted a onesie so bad, but I ended up buying a, the, like the Sean White pinstripe. Oh my suit gosh. Yeah. From like Classic. 2008. I still rock that. 
All right. Yeah. And people probably know. They're like, dude. Yeah. Sean used that in the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, yeah. People definitely recognize the onesie uh-huh. single print. So what do you think? What technology do you think they're using? Powder bed, fusion. You think so? You think That's these are guess. nylon? I bet, yeah. Hmm. I am going to... Oh, they could be polypropylene. Okay, so you're thinking polymer binder jetting, maybe polypropylene or nylon. Hmm. My That's my fir- guess. My first guess would have been DLP. Really? Yeah. With like a carbon system? Yeah. Hmm. I don't think so because they're not going to want to remove support in post-processing. There's, mo- there's more post-processing. Absolutely true. Well, and not only more, but it's more unique post-processing, right? I guess uh, how different can a goggle be? One support methodology mm. probably works for all of them, you know, regardless yeah. of facial features. Yeah. I mean, it's it's probably just a highly automated support generation, like materialized E-stage or something like that. But I, I just think it's not going to be that. I think it'll be... They want to throw them in the decaker, bead blast yeah. them. It's it's them hard out. to say. I I think each technology could hit the production numbers, and I would say more than likely Smith probably isn't printing them in house. They're probably going through a contract manufacturer. So what systems would a contract manufacturer more than likely have? Probably well, if probably this HP. Picture that they have up is legitimate. Let's Look see at this. It. it looks rougher. So. They probably purposely, I mean, that's obviously rougher than what even a bead blaster would It looks on. like snow. To me, to me, that looks like snow. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. That looks like fake snow to me. Um, go to like a Google image search. Because I really think it, I, th- I think it could, I, it could be either one. And we do see nylon being used um, quite a bit by companies like Burton. And uh, other snow gear companies. I'm not do, seeing any. Do, 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 three do, days ago, this was launched. Do, 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 Easy do, now. Do, do. So here's <laughs> another picture. Ah, it's one of those dang pictures you click on and you get a link to somewhere else. <laughs> it looks smooth in this one. And it shows the app. Does it? Yeah. Cool. Anyway, I'll show Well, you. we'll find it out. We'll find out. I'm I'm going to stick with DLP, although I kind of think you're right. Should we make a small wager? Sure. On the air? Yeah, sure. What is it? Do you still owe me 20 bucks? Oh, shoot. Yeah, I do. Do you want to go double or nothing? No. <laughs> <laughs> Five bucks? I'll go 1.1. One dollar and 10 cents? Oh, 1.1x? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Not even I'm five cheap. bucks. I'll do five bucks. Two bucks. Five bucks is good. Five bucks. Okay. Yeah. Five bucks. Actually, Costa Vida kids meal. Okay. Deal. <laughs> Deal. For those of you who aren't familiar with Costa Vida, it's like a little chain. Um, it's like a Chipotle. Yeah, it's like a Chipotle, but, but less better. Political. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we got a couple more news topics, and then we'll yeah we'll bust out of here. But there's there is some news like. Every everyone's doing their quarterly earnings. Nothing 
really stands out to me, so I don't want to go into them. And but one thing is like we're seeing growth everywhere year over year because in additive, in additive. But you're comparing against Q3 of 2020, like not the best baseline. And you have several companies who are reporting earnings for the first time because, or for this quarter, right? Like DM went public last December, Mark Forge went public this summer, Velo3D just did theirs like for the first time ever. So I'm watching those. I don't think that any of them are worth talking about, but we're seeing good growth everywhere, which is cool. Did I tell you about the guy? I went golfing, I got matched up with this dude. And we, he's like, what do you do for a living? And I told him 3D printing. He's like, oh, have you ever heard of Nano Dimension? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I went golfing with a guy and he's like, yeah, I got a ton of money wrapped up in Nano. Oh, no. When was this? <laughs> when was this? Oh, gosh. This is a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Ooh, I wonder when he bought in. Ooh. I'm sure he's sitting just fine. And we have a couple people here that still have stock in Nano. Well, maybe because they a couple bought Jebediahs. it. They bought it and then it went uh, south quickly and now you just have to hold it because why would you sell it? I think it's holding right now. At like what, six something dollars? No, I think it's more than that. Uh, it's like six or seven dollars right now. Oof. It's, they just announced an, another machine, yeah. A new technology? Um, no, just an, just another generation of their machine. And also a an acquisition of like an electrical um, assembly company. They've been buying up companies that are not 3D printing companies, but are adjacent to electronic usage. So like maybe, I don't, I don't know, but this is the type of stuff like machines that would populate boards, um, that sort of thing. You think they're trying to implement their technology into those processes as is? and make basically these live proof of concepts. Maybe. Saying maybe. that I, we're using this machine, this technology to do this, that, the other products that you've already bought. Um, maybe, maybe they're buying companies that would buy their machines, you know? Yeah. That happens. I'm not sure exactly, but they're definitely expanding outside of 3D printing. So yeah, nano dimension. You told me something else about matter hackers. Yeah, one of the cool news stories this past week was matter hackers um, announced a $5 million contract with the US government, Navair, which Navair also bought $20 million worth of Stratasys F900 machines earlier this year. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep, So this was big news. <clears throat> big news, $5 million for uh, 75 Ultimakers. Oof. The math doesn't really add up to me there. <laughs> services. It's, it's services, it's material, because that's 10X, almost exactly 10X the retail price. Per unit? Per unit. I think it's the Ultimaker S5. So to be delivered over five years, but it's cool, it's a good win. And I think it legitimizes Ultimaker in a, in a certain way, right? Because these people did their research. They have certain needs. And maybe their needs were something that's small, portable. I'm sure their needs are just use. like, let's 
get as many people to learn how to use this technology as possible. Yeah, there there is some criteria where they decided the Ultimakers were the right choice. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Actually, since you brought up the 900, yeah. I have something to say about that. Okay. So I saw a an F900 in real life the other day. Ooh. We don't see him every day. You That's know? true. That's I've seen true. him before, obviously, but I got to see one in the wild. Um, went on a military base recently in uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. And these guys were awesome. They told me a little bit about what they've been doing. They showed me some things. They showed me some 20 thou prints. Yeah. So they're printing in 20 thou slice heights. And I'm telling you, it looks, it looks like a garden hose like the 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 layering <laughs> yeah. is huge so that's the most coarse setting on these machines yeah and it's typically used to speed up prints right yeah. and one of the little things that i hadn't really given much thought to cuz we don't print in 20,000 slice heights right we don't have any machines that can here but he's like yeah man i tried uh, i tried printing this part in sparse infill and he's like it used a ton more material and i was thinking about that for a second i was like okay with the sparse infill and he's like yeah and we're sitting there thinking and i'm thinking okay the road width is usually 2x whatever the slice height is right so you're talking a, a 40 thou wide road yeah that's why this thing <laughs> looks so thick right yeah so on a sparse infill it's printing a way wider road on all these sparse portions these basically just tall walls yeah and so it's using all that extra material printing the sparse it's not actually printing more roads it's not doing anything like that it's just that the road width is so much wider it's using so much more material so Hmm. that idea scales right so even on our our machines and smaller be thinking about that when you start thinking about build speeds as you print these coarser roads that's going to yeah. bump your material usage up yep. you're still going to print super fast but your material usage is going to bump up hmm. and so in the settings it doesn't change like the air gap between rasters it's like the density of the infill if anything you would think it would it it does could change, become less dense it does change the, the air gap but it doesn't change how wide the road is yeah the road's always like as a standard, that's like part of the Stratasys recipe, right? Like the yeah. road is 2x the slice height. And then, well, a, con- a a single road and every contour, quote unquote contour, is made up of two roads. So you're really twice that width on a contour. And I'm not sure on a like a sparse infill, I'm pretty sure it's just a single road. It's not a contour type mm-hmm. where it's the dual, mm-hmm. the dual road. But yeah, even though your air gap is adjusted, it's just adjusting for the standard width. So Mm. that extra material goes into the width of the road. Cool. Not cool. Not cool if you're wanting to minimize. Not cool. (laughs) Not cool if you're wanting to minimize material usage. Anyhow, (laughs) it was cool though. I don't see many people printing 20,000. So that was pretty fun to see. Yeah. One of these days I would love to see like the big additive machine the one that you see printing boat holes. The mass of it? Is that not no, the mass of it? It's bigger than that. The BAM. The BAM. The big A 
Yeah. Mother. The big additive machine. <laughs> it's the big. Google it. I know what it is. Okay, yeah, it's I'd an love actual, to see that. It's an actual swear word. No. Yeah. Never. Bad words. I wonder what the nozzle diameter is on one of these uh, concrete printers. Oh, speaking of that. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. <laughs> we can't. We can't. I'm sorry. I can't talk about 3D printed houses again. We're going to print. We're going to be talking about them. We more. can talk. We can talk about them again in summer 2022. I'm not pulling up some good stuff on Google right now. That's all right. Where were we? You were going to start telling us a little bit about actually that's it. That's we got through the news. Yeah, I think so. That's all of our news. But if you do, have the government any, just bought $5 million worth of Ultimakers. That's <laughs> <laughs> there's a salesperson at matter hackers. That is definitely having a good week. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're celebrating this weekend. Oh yeah. All right. So to wrap it up, let's just talk about our YouTube of the week. You got anything? Didn't you have a topic you wanted to talk about? Um, we're short on time. Okay. We can talk about it another time. All right. Sounds good. I've got a YouTube of the week. Okay. If you don't. I do. This, I've, I've talked about it on a past episode, but if you're just a new listener and you made it all the way to the end, you deserve this. <laughs> Peter Schreipel. It might be Schreipel. I may be pronouncing it wrong. He's got like 2 million subscribers. Does he really? Yeah. He, he deserves every one of those. So this guy basically builds, um, well, the reason I found him is because he built this, an experimental aircraft, let's call it. And he basically builds it like you would build a model plane. And he's using RC batteries. So your typical radio controlled um, airplane motor and batteries. So the power plant in this plane is basically just big RC aircraft and uh, equipment and he flies he goes for a flight in this thing anyway so i i think that's probably the coolest video i've ever seen in my entire life but he has a ton more good stuff and i've just started getting into it so peter shreeple uh that's one word on youtube great channel all right such a good creator engineer if he's an engineer he has engineered something amazing. Yeah. What so, you got? Astrum. A-S-T-R-U-M. That's easy. And I have been binging these, uh, these videos. They're all space-related. Kind of gives updates on different uh, NASA missions and other, other missions. And I just, I love his content. But there was one Wait, video. spell it again? A-S-T-R-U-M, Astrum. Don't look up the one with an O. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. <laughs> All right. So I definitely recommend you watch some, everyone. There was one, I, I was watching a few of them that were covering some ongoing. Do you hear that? Dude, it's so beautiful. So this music, imagine this music, close your eyes to beautiful shots of space in the solar system. Oh, beautiful. Cool. Dude, it's the best. So so what's great about his channel? Um, I'm actually learning quite a bit about some of the results that came from like Cassini, for example, and other um, just 
expeditions in the solar system, and also some terrestrial stuff, including some ongoing telescope uh, projects. One in particular I had never heard of. So we, we hear a lot about James Webb Telescope, right? Um, <clears throat> no, no. <laughs> Are you serious? It's going to be a no for me, dog. Wow. I, I wow. am not in touch with, uh, with the space missions. <sighs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. That's, that's amazing. But <laughs> so there's most people in the world. Oh. Most, most people in the first world. <laughs> I don't world. think you're right. I don't think you're right here. <laughs> okay. So anyway. We're, we're going to take a poll at work tomorrow. Okay. Oh, okay. uh, wait, not tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Monday. Yeah. Um, we could call everybody into work. This is important. <laughs> so there is a, a another terrestrial telescope. James Webb is going to go up into space. It's basically replacing the Hubble. Okay. But there... That makes more sense why it's more popular. Yeah, it's going into space. Of course, I've heard of the Hubble telescope. Do you telescope. know the Hubble telescope? Yes. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. Do you know what a telescope is? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Are you aware of space, its existence? I... Stars. Wow. wow. Planets, nebula. All right, I've had it. Okay. So look this up. Extremely large <laughs> telescope. <laughs> on YouTube? No, on Wikipedia. Extremely large telescope. This is the actual name. It's called the ELT. And it's under construction. It is going to be the largest telescope ever created. And I would argue it may be one of the most impressive uh technological creations of mankind. Whoa. Uh, on the order- 30 feet long. The mirror array, which is insane. Um, I would say the creation of this and the precision of this rivals things like mm, LIGO and the Large Hadron Collider. It's amazing stuff. So it has a series of five mirrors that direct the light. One of them, because this is this is in Chile. 16 times sharper than those from the Hubble. And it's going to be sharper than uh, James Webb Telescope. Even though James Webb, James Webb Telescope is way outside the Earth's atmosphere, which is uh, very disruptive to um, viewing. Like when we look at the sky and stars twinkle, what we're actually seeing is disturbances in the atmosphere from the light. Kind of like when your barbecue grill's going. Exactly. And you're looking out there and you see a distorted yeah. image. And so that's why you see these large telescopes up on the tops of mountains is because you're looking through less atmosphere and thinner atmosphere. So they're building this on Chile, but it's, it's going to be sharper than James Webb because it has this one mirror that has an array of little little mirrors and 8,000 actuators working at a thousand Hertz and compensating for the disturbances in the atmosphere. How are they going to not be affected by like wind? So like wind yeah. just on. <clears throat> yeah. So the dome itself has a wind guard and is designed to protect the main mirror array from wind as much as possible. Hmm. Amazing. I mean, totally amazing. It's We don't know how amazing it is yet. Four more years till it's done. Yeah, it's it's on its way. 
the whole thing weighs like 6,000 tons. And imagine the most precise machine that you know of, that you've ever seen. It's, it's more precise than that in terms of the movement and the coordination on something that's larger than the Roman Colosseum. <laughs> what? He is geeking out over this. It's I amazing. wish you guys could see his face. Dude, dude, look at the Weldmans. It's amazing. Well, it's not done, but this picture, it's a rendering. Yeah. There's a tiny little truck next to it. It's going to get finished. Well, it better. I had, I didn't even know it was in, in process. So it blew my mind. Thanks to this YouTube channel. Thanks to this YouTube channel. Yep. Man, it's awesome. <laughs> so here's a picture here of it compared to all these other famous telescopes. It is an extremely large telescope. Yep. Extremely Two, large telescope. 256 times the light gathering area of Hubble. That's amazing. Well, I'm, it, happy, begin, for, I'm happy for Earth. This is, this is better than nuclear fusion. Okay. You think? I think so, because this is going to be done in four years. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we haven't sufficiently bored everyone. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thank you. We'll come, this, we'll come with some more action. We're going to have to do another Friday episode next week. Wait, are you around Friday? Shoot. That's a negative. Well, we probably won't do an episode next week. No Tuesday? I'm, I'm traveling. Me too. We'll, be, we'll do an episode as soon as we can. <laughs> we'll come us. we'll come with the heat next time yeah for sure stay tuned thank you guys Take see care. ya